Welcome to the Shrink Think Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Nathan. And we're both licensed professional counselors in Oregon, here to bridge the gap between therapists and clients. We are your companions on your journey to build your healthcare practice, yourself, and your relationships. To get you started, we've created a free email course on our website. Head over to shrinkthink.com forward slash podcast, where we've got practical steps on overcoming fear and anxiety. Thank you for joining us on the Shrink Think Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Shrink Think Podcast. We're excited to be with you again here today talking about when you go to therapy and it's your session, so it's just you all by yourself, and there's a therapist across from you, but you spend the entire time talking about somebody else, whether it's your mom, your dad, your uh, golden child sibling that you could never live up to because you're the black sheep, or it's your spouse, or your kid, or whoever it is. It's always somebody else that you're talking about. The theme of today's session is stop talking about other people (laughs) and talk about yourself. Because it's your session and it's interesting as a therapist, sometimes I'm listening to these sessions and I'm like, I think I know more about your mom than I know more about than I know about you. Um, And every time I try to bring it back to you, the client as a therapist, it's like, well, yeah, I do that because mom. And I'm like, (laughs) that's what my mom would say. (laughs) Right. Exactly. You're like my mom. It's like magnetic. (laughs) We just snap right back to talking about this other person. Um, so it's going to be interesting conversation. We got a few different ways we want to break this down, but before we get into that, please stop and head over to the Apple podcast store and find us there. The shrink think podcast, the shrink think podcast, go ahead and type it in right now. Good job. And then search and, uh, go down to where it shows all of the little stars where you can rate and review and please leave us a review, only positive reviews, obviously, and rate us five stars only also um, because we're trying to get our name out there. We're trying to help as many people as possible. And in order to do that, we need recognition. You know, we need people to know about us because it's like, hey, have you heard about the burger joint? Nobody's ever heard about. Nope, never heard of it. Well, you can't go there if nobody's ever heard about it. Right. Does anybody even know that they're open? Um, It's kind of like a business that doesn't have a website. <laughs> Does it even exist? <laughs> we do have a website and we've got a, a link to the in the podcast store. So we would love for you to head on over there, rate us at five stars, leave us a review, tell people about us, um, spread the word and keep listening. So let's talk about this episode. When people are coming into therapy and they're talking about someone else, like, first of all, like, why are they even doing that? What's that? What's that even about? Uh, Typically, I think it's, um, you know, people just are talking about their life, right? They're just trying to get you as a therapist to know all the different things that are going on in their life and the significant pains in their behind, which are typically people. You know, you give an example of like, oh, you said, you know, therapist says. Sounds like that you feel anxious quite a bit. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah. Every time I'm over at Susie's house, all she wants to do is talk about how her boyfriend is so great and how like he's so nice and he just gave her this and I just want to murder her. Like, I just want to do it. And so um, anyway, so then they, they start like you start as a therapist going, OK, so, you know, tell me more about what that's like for you. 
Well, what it's like is the same way my mom used to talk to me all the time about everything was great and she was never there for me either. And then you're finding out about all these people that are going on in the person's life and that kind of thing. And you're not really, find, as a therapist, you're not really finding out about the client, the person that's sitting across in front of you really at all. Um, and that is because, and I will have Aaron say more about this, the person has an external locus of control. Yes, it's this like classic psychological term uh, that has come up in our field. I don't even remember what the origin of it. It doesn't matter really, but there are two ways that you can live your life. One is an external locus of control and one is an internal locus of control. And if you have an external, meaning outside of yourself, locus of control, then it means you're, you're, you're living your life based on what's happening around you. And that can be based on what other people are thinking or feeling or doing, or it can be based on the events around you. And so in essence, you're, you're sort of a human reactor. You're reacting to everything that's happening around you. And if you think about that, that's not really a stable place to be. And so, you know, in this case, like Susie is saying something, mom is saying something, uh, John is saying and doing something. John is always doing something. Sorry <laughs> to throw you under the bus, John. Uh, it wasn't even us. has the bathroom named after <laughs> yeah, him. <that's> right. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is really a crappy friend. <laughs> oh boy. That just happened. <laughs> I just want to say, well, I give Aaron time to pick himself up off the ground that external locus of control. Another way to hear that is the outside location of control. So it's, it's how your internal world is managed, right? He just I'm can't. Trying. He can't continue. I'm trying, but my mind is like, what else can I say? <laughs> Throw it in there. It's so rich. Yeah. Anyway, so yes, you're right. We've got this outside force of control that is controlling you, versus an inside control would be I am controlling me. I'm looking inward. I know my own thoughts, my feelings my reasons, my, my motivations, and I'm living in accordance with those kind of regardless of what's happening in the world around me. Yeah. One other thing I want to mention here to kind of help you really hit this home in your own mind out there. Um, think of it like one person uses the, the outside world to feel controlled and the other person uses just their own experience internally to feel controlled imagine the amount of work difference and the type of work difference, right? Because if you have to control everything around you in order to feel okay, you are going to be busy. And exhausted and anxious and stressed, right? Because it's impossible. You can't actually do it. If you can figure out how to just, just worry about you, then that's a lot less work. It's a lot easier but it doesn't feel right because you're you're used to being more responsive and reactive to the outside. Yeah. So what I guess what we're starting with this is we're talking about when you come into therapy, if you're talking about somebody else, here's the reason why you've got this external locus of control. And what we want to say first is like, stop talking about the this other person or stop talking about everybody else, the external circumstances around you. Now, that doesn't mean you can't mention them at all, but think about it like this. If we're watching a movie or if you're describing a movie to someone and you're describing the background of what's happening, you're describing the supporting actors like there's a, 
you know, a party that's happening and there's maybe a murder that is going to go on or some action that's happening. And you're just describing the background characters at the party that are like fake talking. You know, they're like pretending to talk because they're extras. (laughs) If you're describing that the entire movie, nothing has really happened because you're not focused on the main characters. You're not focused on the obstacles that they're facing and how they face them in themselves and how they overcome those obstacles to uh, become the hero of the movie, basically. And so that's what we're saying is it's okay to describe the context of what's going on, but we need to move from the context or the background of your life, these other people, the events around you, to inside what's going on for you. So like Nathan, when you were talking to this client, you know, and you were saying like, what was this like for you? You're really asking a self question, not, um, I hated when Susie did this thing because Susie, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, that's not what it was like for me. (laughs) You're now describing her behaviors again, right? So first of all, stop talking about the other people in as much detail as you're saying and see if you can turn your attention on yourself. But before we get to that, there's this other thing that you were saying, which is essentially like you're controlling other people by talking about those things. It's important for you to recognize that if you find yourself talking about these other people or the same person the whole time, you are actually probably trying to control them. Right. And they probably don't like it. (laughs) So they probably are not happy. And then you are saying, I knew it. That's why I have to make you different so I can feel okay. And then they say, that makes me mad. And you're like, I knew it. <laughs> and so you just keep doing it. And then at some point, somebody's like, I don't think this therapy is working for you. You've been going for a year and nothing's changed because you're still talking about the other person and you're still trying to control them, essentially. So I think I would say recognizing that, wow, I think I do have an external locus of control. And wow, I think I'm actually trying to control this other person. And that's my main issue is like in order to feel better about myself internally, I'm trying to control them or what they do, what they think, or even maybe I'm not trying to control them, but I'm so afraid of them. I'm afraid of their reactions. I'm afraid of their disappointment or their disapproval. I'm afraid of, you know, their anger or their feelings. I'm just afraid. In essence, maybe I'm not trying to control them, but I'm so such a victim and helpless to them that I'm still in reaction to them. Think of it, though, though, too, as a spectrum, right? So you may not be a person who has like the orientation where all you're doing is thinking about other people. But when you get into a fear state of whatever happens to be, you're going to everybody in a fear state is worried about their environment. They want to know they want this to stop. And um, that fear state doesn't mean being totally afraid. It just means you're getting some you're getting some anxiety and you're freaking out and you want it to stop. The easiest way to stop that when we're growing up is to have the environment change. If the environment changes, then we're like, oh, sweet, we're better now. Thank you. Yeah, because and I like this This is a great example, because as a child, you're you you don't have a whole lot of like conscious decision making because you're not mature enough for that yet. Right. Or control or control. Exactly right. But self-control, that's the kind of thing that gets developed over time as you get older and you have some more self-awareness. But when you're younger, you don't have that. So you're really just kind of a ball of energy and emotion and reactivity, right? Your, your uh, nervous system is kind of based off of your fight or flight system. Like you're, you're just living out of kind of survival. 
um, and you're developing over time the ability to regulate that and the ability to make decisions um, in order to prevent those things and keep yourself safe, right? But that system is still online. And if you don't learn how to regulate that as a kid, which a lot of us don't, then what your system is doing no is... No one does. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No one. As a kid, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> um, but what your system is doing is it's looking for threat around you. And I don't want to make this out to be like, well, I didn't grow up in a war zone. You know, I grew up in a good family or whatever. It's like, okay, that's fine. Maybe the things you're picking up are not lions and bears and people shooting at you or about to stab you. Maybe the things you're picking up are the facial expressions of your parents. And you're very, very subtly looking for those threats of like, oh, why did you just, why did your face just turn? Why did your tone of voice just change? Even that can be your system's threat response getting activated and you just feel a sense of nervousness or what we, we might call fear. Yeah. And the other thing too, that I think is ways into this is that you don't have any control as a kid of your environment either, right? Where you notice your calm uh, self be there is when your environment is okay and everything seems fine. So there's a dependence that you have as you grow up on your environment. And so there's a spectrum of growth that's happened over the course of your life that keeps you, um, what's, what's the word I want to look for, like more or less uh, attuned to be able to do in, internal work. And if your insides feel anxious and you don't really know how to process that, um, I want to encourage therapists out there that that you have clients that may not know like how to do it. So you may need to 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 be much slower. Don't assume they even know what you're talking about. Like like when you say like, what's that like for you? They they might not even know. Like it might bring anxiety just to look inside. They like, don't want to do that. Like what is this question you're asking me? I don't even know where. What what, <laughs> what, what does that even mean? <laughs> Right. What is computer? I don't know. I don't get it. I already, yeah, I already answered your question. I don't like it. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And so as we, as we turn the corner from like, okay, what's happening and, you know, stop talking about the other people, like we move into some solutions. Like how, how can this become more productive for you? It's like you said, you need to focus on yourself, but what does that, what does that even mean? I like this example that you're giving of, you know, as a kid, you're depending on your environment. But also as a kid, you're depending on the adults around you who know you and can see you and can help you regulate that. So that's what the therapist client relationship can be. If you're a therapist and you see your client going through this, or if you're a client and you're realizing maybe by listening to our podcast that, oh my goodness, I didn't even realize this was going on for me. But yeah, I can, I sense this anxiety and I don't even know what to do about it. Bring this into your session and talk with your therapist about it because the two of you can then look together and learn how to look together at your insides and learn, yeah, what's happening in your body? What kinds of thoughts are you having? What emotions are you experiencing? Notice what, what you're doing about it. Every time you get to this space, maybe your leg is shaking or you get really fidgety or your mind goes blank or you want to start talking about something else or fixing a problem or something like that. These are all the different ways that you might be trying to cope with this feeling inside of you that's not really working. Right. And so what you're doing is you're you're doing what seems like the most natural thing, which is just to make your environment change, because then your body will feel different. You can make you can make that happen. But the reality is, is it does not work. And your focus, again, continues to move outside of yourself 
to your surroundings instead of staying on yourself towards self-control. It's, it's a continuation of being what's called in survival mode. I just want to highlight to therapists that, you know, if we can kind of inter, in, inadvertently collude with clients about this in a couple of ways. One is um, we just <laughs> tell them something straightforward that's to the client, not straightforward. Two, we, um, and I kind of highlighted that earlier, by the way. And the second would be like, just saying like, oh my gosh, I can't believe Susie would say that to you or whatever. Cause you're, cause kind of the, you know, as a therapist, you can get stuck in some voyeurism here and there. And I've never done it personally, but I know I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's just totally happened. Whereas that you, there's this, this whole situation is very interesting. I mean, there's, they literally make dramas on TV to suck you in. And mm-hmm. some people's lives, you're sitting there going like, there's no way. And they show back up as like turning the channel, like, and what happened this week? (laughs) (laughs) So, but that's not helpful ultimately. And to some extent you can, I mean, obviously you can still use some of that information, but the person may not really know how they're able to get inside, like actually just not even have a clue. And so as you start to get into it, you have to help them pay attention to things like you were just talking about, Aaron, Um, body related stuff, because client like as you're listening everything there's not information in every single thing but there is and it's going to be specific to you so there's opportunities did you like i just noticed that you seem to fidget every single time this happens i uh, as an example i had a client years and years ago um go through a lot um she had a lot of things going on i noticed that um we would be talking i would shift her into talking about what went on in her childhood specifically, it was a bad situation. And as soon as she started talking, her foot would start moving every single time. And I just noticed, and because now here's the issue as a therapist. Do you mention that? Because it could bring, it, it could be like, oh, like you're seeing something, you're making too big of a deal about whatever. And like, oh, this, this is like, like, don't, don't say that. Like, or the person has, they have no clue about it. And then they feel so exposed spotlighted yeah yeah and so i knew this person really well and i just happened to mention she said something and i said i think that you are very anxious about that because i've seen every time that you we move there your foot really starts moving she goes are you serious so then i checked in with her later how did that feel that i said that because i don't want you to feel you know um I, i'm worried that you might feel more exposed or whatever she said actually i felt like somebody was with me in that moment for the first time I felt like I wasn't alone and I, I didn't, to be honest with you, I did not expect her to say that, but we, as people don't, we like, we've talked about him uh, before that stupid Johari window. Um, we don't know. We don't know. But um, if the person feels unsettled, you might have to help therapists. You might have to help your client feel settled in the moment to even be able to go inside. Cause as soon as you ask the question to go inside, they're going to try to control their environment again because of the anxiety they feel. Yeah. And on the other side, I guess I I would want to pitch this to clients that that's actually a goal that you want to adopt for yourself. So as you were saying, Nathan, you know, for therapists, like help your clients to feel settled. I think in a lot of ways, as I was thinking about this episode, I was thinking, I don't think I don't think some of these people, these clients even know that that's a goal they should have for themselves. I think it's kind of a result that they want to achieve from the environment being controlled and settled. And instead, Mm -hmm. it can be a goal that you have for yourself, like, okay, 
I'm going to go in and I'm going to talk about some of this contextual stuff, right? This is all the background of the movie. I'm describing it maybe in a few minutes or whatever, um, five or 10 minutes of the session. I'm describing what's happening. But then client, I want you to focus your attention more on and what's that like for me inside? How am I feeling right now? Do I feel settled? Do I feel calm? Or do I feel anxious? Do I feel afraid? Is there like a pit in my stomach? Is it hard to breathe? If those things are happening, then your goal of the session needs to become, okay, how can I sit with those things, talking about them or looking at them, and get myself into a really calm, relaxed state? And that might take a lot of work in that session and over many sessions, you know, many, many weeks and months in order to get there, depending on the severity of what you've experienced or how long you've been living this way. But if that's the focus of every session, then you're really targeting yourself in terms of your self-control and learning how to, to regulate your system in the way that you need to be. Yeah. So in conclusion, you know, really take some time and think about like, how am I trying to feel better and feel settled? Am I doing that with my environment or am I, am I doing that with my inside? It's a lot, folks. We hope you have a great day. Thanks for listening to our show. Don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts to leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also visit our website at www.shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course and sign up for our free email course, Nine Ways to Overcome Fear and Self-Doubt. And you'll get nine weeks worth of customized, practical strategies you can use to get past the fear that's holding you back in your life. Thanks again for listening.